0: Yes, Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 to 7. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you when you walk through the fire you will not be burned the flames will not set you ablaze for i am the lord your god the holy one of israel your savior i gave egypt for your ransom, and cush and sheba in your stead since you are precious and honored in your my sight and because i love you I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory whom I formed and made. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: So if you've um, been with us the past couple of weeks, you'll know that we've begun a series looking at a collection of character attributes listed in a letter uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, commonly known um, by followers of Jesus as the fruit of the Spirit. Um, Here, They are from Galatians 5, chapter, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Let's read them out together. Uh, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And Paul is mentioning law because there's this problem in the church in Galatia where the Jewish and the non-Jewish Christians are getting in a bit of a muddle over what aspects of the Old Testament legal code the non-Jewish Christians need to adopt. And uh, I love um, how Rach Wooden described something around this when she opened our series talking about love a couple of weeks back. That talk is uh, still available on, on Facebook and our SoundCloud streams, and Rach talked about looking through photos of her dad and seeing how she had grown into his likeness over the years. And uh, that's exactly what we're talking about when we look at this fruit. It's not something we aspire to do um, out of effort or trying really hard uh, or because we're commanded to. It's simply the stuff that ripens in us as a result of spending time with God. And inviting his spirit to be at work in our lives and in our character. And uh, so that's the fruit of the spirit. So, so far we've covered love and joy. And on the schedule for today is peace. What do we mean by peace? Um, Well, Actually, there's a whole uh, range of different angles we could take um, when we look at this. Often, when the writers of the New Testament talk about peace... They are referring to the peace that God has made between himself and us through Jesus' death on the cross, which puts us right with a holy God despite our sin and rebellion against his rule. So in Jesus, or through Jesus, we have peace with God. Another aspect of peace in the New Testament is the peace we have with one another. Um, particularly, this was relevant to the Galatian Church which was struggling with factionism um, and divisions, and Paul was saying that's that's not the way of Jesus, that's not the fruit of the Spirit at work in his church. So Christians are to reject division and despite our profound differences, as one body, strive for peace with one another. And then there's another side of peace, which is to do with the ministry of the church as agents of God's peace and reconciliation in the world. And these aspects all flow from one another. So there's God's peace to us, leading to our peace with one another, leading the church to be a prophetic presence of peace in the world. And uh, none of those things are what I'm going to focus on this morning, although they are all really important. Uh, Today, the aspect of peace I want to think about is Um, the individual or, or, I guess, the communal sense of peace as freedom from fear and anxiety and stress and panic. So the key question I think we find ourselves asking about peace in those terms, freedom from fear and anxiety and stress and panic, is how? How can we know this kind of peace when the world seems to be falling to pieces? How can we know God's peace in when our own lives seem to be falling to pieces? Those are questions that I think most of us find ourselves asking at times. We all of us face things that make us anxious, stressed, and fearful. If that's not you, just wait a few years, your time will come. All of us face things and changes outside our control. We all face aging. We will all one day face death. It's 100% certainty unless Jesus returns first. So how can we know peace when our world starts to fall apart or when we know that someday, sooner or later, it will? I want to talk to you this morning about Matthew, my middle son, Over the last year or so, Matthew has become what I'd describe as a blackberry ninja. Um, Matthew now spends about 11 months of the year waiting for the blackberry season to arrive. Um, And once it does, Matthew regularly disappears from sight during any walks in the countryside in order to search for blackberries. And what happens is he disappears for a minute or so, And when he emerges from the undergrowth, you can judge his success by the size of smile on his face and the amount of dark red juice all over his fingers and around his mouth. Matthew is a blackberry ninja. And I tell you this because I think Matthew's approach to finding blackberries can be a little bit like our approach to finding peace. Life is going along fine, then one day we hit a bump. It might be a small bump, might be a big bump, maybe something to do with our career, our health, our family, our finances, our security, you you name it. You know the kind of things. It might be a bad year, it might be a bad week, it might be a bad day, it might just even be a really bad hour. And we find ourselves anxious and fearful and stressed. And in that moment, Of crisis we panic and we start to search for some peace a bit like Matthew searching for those blackberries in the undergrowth maybe we try a little mindfulness or a bit of controlled breathing maybe a glass of red or something stronger maybe some Netflix some escapism maybe we throw a prayer out God help me give me your peace And like Matthew's search, I tend to find that sometimes when I take that approach, there are blackberries out there to be found, and sometimes there aren't. I can't tell. I might find some peace. I might not. But the way of the blackberry ninja, of course, is not the only way to get hold of blackberries. It's certainly not the most reliable way. Fruit can be found by chance but it can also be intentionally cultivated over time. We cultivate fruit, don't we? We plant the seed, we nourish the sapling, we water and feed the plant, we protect it from pests before hopefully down the line guaranteeing a harvest. We know that there will be fruit to find because we have cultivated it. And I want to suggest this morning that when it comes to peace, intentional, intentional cultivation over time beats the Blackberry Ninja approach. And our reading highlights a few aspects, I think, of how we can cultivate the fruit of peace in our lives, so it's there to draw upon when we most need it. So let's look at Isaiah 43. Isaiah, it's um, written, it seems, either side of the defining national tragedy for God's people in the Old Testament. The exile where um, the people of Israel were taken off first by the kingdom of Assyria and then by the ultimate baddies of the biblical story, Babylon. And so the context of peace in Isaiah is not the good times. It's not the happy times. It's a time of national disaster and crisis suffering, heartache, uh, death and destruction. A whole people group is decimated and trafficked hundreds of miles into slavery. Remember that context. This is not peace uh, when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, as we just sang. But it's in the midst, possibly um, coming off the back of this collective trauma, that God speaks peace to his people in these verses of Isaiah. And I just want to highlight, I guess, two principles that I see for cultivating peace from these verses. So the first one is know God and understand the bigger picture. This is Isaiah uh, 43 verses 1 and 3. But now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear For I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. These verses are full of God reminding his people who he is, where they have come from, and where their destiny lies. And this is um, important because... They are in this really tough moment. Um, you know, even after the return from exile, it was a time of heartbreak and failure, which rumbled on for another 400 years or so until Jesus appeared on the scene. They weren't glorious times. And in order to know peace in the hard moments, we have to get to know God, the God in whom we put our trust and to understand the bigger picture. You are held in the hands of of the God who loves you and made you. Out of his free choice, out of all the infinite possibilities, he made you. But from childhood we learn that the people who are most able to give us that sense of peace are the people that we know and trust. Think of the child lost in the supermarket seeking help from an adult that they don't know. Now that adult can help them But they don't have the kind of relationship with them that enables them to feel secure and at peace. That comes when the adult manages to help them return to their parents or carer. God has given us his word, the Bible, so that we can know him. He sent Jesus so that we would know exactly what God is like. He's given us his spirit so that we can understand what we read and experience something of his presence and love for us. But unless we invest time in actually getting to know God, reading his word, praying, God will only ever be that helpful adult in the supermarket, not the familiar, loving parent by whose presence We can experience and enjoy security and peace in times of trouble. So question number one, actually there's two questions here. What are you planning to do to get to know God better between now and Christmas, let's say? What are you planning to do? What are you doing to make sure you grow in your understanding of the bigger picture? Because if knowing God and knowing the bigger picture are the things that enable us to have that peace and that security in him, then how are we, going to, how are we actually actively cultivating that? I'll offer a, a, a few suggestions about that in a bit. So first, um, know God and understand the bigger picture. Second, be realistic and don't look for peace in the wrong places. This is uh, Isaiah 43, verses 3 and 4. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba for, in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight. And because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, Give them up, and to the south, Do not hold them back. Okay, so context needed. In ancient history, Israel was essentially, think of it like a political football, always at risk of being kicked around by its kind of mighty regional superpower neighbors. So we've talked about Assyria and Babylon um, to the north and to the east. To the south was Egypt. And at one time, or any one time that those nations, those big nations, went to war. Israel kind of stood between them, and often got kind of steamrolled in the process. Israel was the invasion route for huge uh, international conquests. And so through its history, we see God's people, at times, Israel sought refuge from one of those superpowers, particularly from Egypt. So the the point that God is making in Isaiah um, and and particularly around this passage is is not that Egypt is bad per se, but God is saying don't put your trust in Egypt. Don't seek your protection there. Don't go there. Seek your peace from me. Egypt will let you down. There are plenty of examples of um, that in the Old Testament. History lesson over, but the point is When we seek peace in things that are not God, we will ultimately be disappointed. Our reality can be painful, often is painful, and we can try and pretend that that's not the case or that it never will be. Good luck with that. Or we can attempt to numb that pain with uh, TV, food, exercise, alcohol, the news, social media, career, you name it, you know what your thing is. And these things aren't bad, but if we attempt to use them to numb us from that reality, it will come unraveled eventually. The fruit of the Spirit isn't avoidance and denial. The fruit of the Spirit is peace, peace in the midst of the difficulty of reality. Let me just read verse two again. When you pass through the waters... I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God is saying you will pass through the waters. You will pass through fire. God's peace is not something based on a delusion that life will always be sweetness and roses. We have to face, sooner or later, the reality of the huge challenges and suffering presented to us in life. So question number two or number three, I guess, is are you being realistic about your anxieties and about your current strategies for managing that? Maybe those things can help in the short term But if it's peace that you're looking to cultivate, God is the only long-term answer. So a few questions to be asking ourselves to cultivate peace, that precious fruit of the Spirit. How do we move forward on this? Um, A couple of ways. So to know God and to know the bigger picture, uh, getting into the Word, getting into the Bible... Um, It's never been easier to access if you don't know where to start with that. Um, You can download the Bible app, search version. the icon looks a little bit like that, um, from your app store on your phone. Um, And you can actually download um, the NIV UK version. If you go and look for the NIV UK version, then you can read it. But you can also have the wonderful voice of Sir David Suchet, Poirot himself, reading it to you. Um, So he's actually recorded the whole thing. So if you download that app and you download NIV UK, then you can listen to the Bible while you're doing the washing up, or um, as I I did for one year, while preparing bath time and bedtime for the kids. Four years ago, a couple of friends and I um, signed up to do one of the Bible in a year plans, which you can kind of do through this app or you can do in other ways. And we've listened to the whole Bible each year for the last four years. It's just been a really good way for us together to get to know God and to know the bigger picture um, better. There's actually ways through the app that you can do that together with other people and you can see each other's little comments and reflections at the end of the day. Maybe we'll do that properly sometime and explain it better. Then to get more real about your anxieties, your coping mechanisms, try journaling about them prayerfully for a week take some time to just notice what are the things that are making you anxious how do you react when you're feeling anxious where do you go where do you take those anxieties and ideally again you can do that together with with a friend you know agree to do that at the beginning of a week so that you can then meet and talk and pray about it at the end of that week and Share what you've learned about yourself. If you don't know somebody um, who you can do that with, then come and talk to me. I'm sure that we can connect you with someone else who wants to do that. That's what church is all about, us doing this together, getting to know God better uh, together. So get into the Bible, get honest about your anxieties and how you deal with them and talk to someone else about them. That's your homework for this week if you want some homework, that is.